I'm Tom D'Antoni. We're starting to settle into Artichoke Music, our new home for OMN's Coffee Shop Conversations. They're very, very nice to us. Look for expanded podcast production, even including video. We're working on it. Returning to the podcast today is Ron Blessinger. Last time he visited, he was leading Third Angle Music. These days, he has a similar role at 45th Parallel, a similar music organization with some key differences. I met Ron when I did a TV story on Third Angle's legendary collaboration with Steve Reich. It was momentous. Really. So let's find out what 45th Parallel is all about and catch up with this guy who also has a day job. He's a violinist with the Oregon Symphony. Ron, welcome to Artichoke Music. Nice to be here, Tom. This is our second uh, uh, podcast here at Artichoke. We're very happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. It's the, we're in the cafe. I mean, last week was it was a very intense Thing because Reggie Houston was going to talk about Dave Bartholomew and and although it was our first lo- our first uh, um, recording here at Artichoke, we didn't like you know it, it was not the, that wasn't really the focus and it isn't really today either except I'm focusing on it uh-huh. uh, while I'm talking to you. Uh, it's a great place with a, a lot of great history and a, yeah. and a great spirit. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's where music yeah music comes alive. We're real happy here. It's yeah. nice to be here and everybody's nice and. Absolutely, and, uh, because they're 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 acoustic they're acoustic players. Ah, yes. Well, you know they you don't know. they don't have to be they don't have to beat your beat your head in. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, classical musicians we're we're acoustic musicians, as you say, and and we we always have an uneasy relationship with technology. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not a comfortable embrace. Ever. Well, on the other hand. <laughs> You know the stuff that that you did at Third Angle and not at Forty Fifth Parallel is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you just, it's, you know, it's it's been interesting. I I have a, a nephew who's the frontman for a heavy metal band. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Havoc with a K, and they're they're totally <laughs> awesome. And so every time they come through town, they would stay with us, like and, and sleep in our living room. It was totally cool. And then. Every time they come to town, they have about 50 or 100 more fans. And now they have millions of fans, like, worldwide. And it's been interesting. Can they tra- afford a hotel now? Well, they have a touring bus. They stay on the okay. bus. So, um, But what's interesting to me about bands, and my brother's a recording engineer, so I totally get yeah. this, that world, you are so beholden to the engineer. Oh, yeah. It's like another member of the band can of make course. all the difference. Right. A couple of weeks ago, 45th Parallel, we did a show in Astoria with Blind Pilot. Uh-huh. Great band. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. And it was just striking to me. It's always striking to me how much of our sound is placed in the hands of, yeah. of an engineer. Right. Um, it was a real reminder that day between those two shows how radically different the shows could sound night to night. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. uh, at, through no effort of our own, we just play the same way each night. But uh-huh. the engineer makes all the difference. Wow. Okay. So last time we talked, you were still at Third Angle, and now you, you you're doing Forty uh, Fifth Parallel. Yes. What does Forty Fifth Parallel mean? Forty Fifth Parallel is a um, well. First of all, we have that. I guess it's the the latitude, right? That's the one that goes east west. <laughs> You're asking me? Uh, yes. Who are you asking me that? <laughs> Why would I know that? Do I look like Mr. Google to you? Well, yes. <laughs> Stop in, it. In certain respects, sure. I mean, you, you, you would fill a very important you know, niche on our, our trivia, <laughs> trivia team, oh. Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, pr- I appreciate being, <laughs> being regarded as trivial. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing trivial about you. But, but if we want to take home the bacon on trivia night, um, then we need you on our team. Um, 
45th Parallel is an organization that was uh, started by my friend, colleague, um, Greg Ewer. Yeah. Um, Greg and I have been colleagues in the Oregon Symphony for many, many years. And Greg actually, um, and I perform regularly with a string quartet called the Pixis String Quartet, mm -hmm. formerly with Third Angle. That's what this PYX. Yeah, that's right. That's Pixis. Are there two Ys in that? No, uh, there's a single Y. PYXS? IS. PYXIS. Yes. Pixis. Okay. Um, what does that mean? It refers to a constellation. Um, oh, the, the I Pixis see. constellation yeah. is the compass or the, the navigational. Com, um, constellation as part of the uh, Argo, the, the ship that Jason sailed in Greek mythology. I see. So we, we thought that was an appropriate kind of uh, representation of a new direction, and uh, yeah. um, especially given that we um, our, our music that we focus on is contemporary music, is kind of cutting edge stuff. We've always does done it that mean that you rule the universe? <laughs> it, no, it doesn't mean that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but but I should say that that with Forty Fifth Parallel yeah. we. Um, starting last year, we, we reimagined the organizational model, if you will. Uh -huh. We have constituent ensembles, each of which have taken an, a constellation name. Really? Yes. Wow. So we have the Pixis Quartet. Um, uh -huh. The Musée Remix is all-female string quartet. They've been around for many years, too. Uh -huh. And Musée is the plural for the muses. Aha. Uh -huh. so, and they're a fabulous uh, group. Um, we have the Arcturus Wind Quintet. Um, they're all we're all uh, Oregon Symphony colleagues and brilliant, brilliant um, players. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Gemini Project, <laughs> percussion group, and then we all come together uh, a couple times for chamber orchestra concerts under the name of Helios. So yeah, we we had some fun with that. <laughs> And those are the names of the, of the constituent groups in the But let's get back to 45th Parallel. Yeah. So 45th Parallel was started by Greg. It refers no, to the I, what latitude. does it mean? Well, it's the latitude line that goes through the center of the state. Okay. Okay, sorry. You All know, right. I digress. Yes. This is, digression is my middle name. So uh, <laughs> it goes right through the middle of the state? It sure does. Really? Not just our state. Many every states. Every state. Every Not every state, but that it crosses many states and many countries around the world. Uh -huh. And it's actually a pretty interesting um, uh, confluence. It's, it, 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 let's, how do I put this? It's a very um, abundant and productive in terms of agriculture. Uh -huh. It just tends to be the place where a lot of things grow huh. around the world. And so one of the things we look forward to doing at some point is exploring that connection the 45th parallel connection around the world there's actually a wonderful wine store in um st john's called 45th parallel wines uh -huh. and they focus on wines from the 45th parallel i mean so you know it's an interesting <laughs> kind of programmatic thread that we want to explore um anyway that's the name that greg took for the uh, the group and uh, this has been our 10th season next season will be our 11th and you've been in you've, you've been with 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 them from the beginning well, I performed uh, off and on because yeah. the, the idea of 45th Parallel was bringing the classical music culture out of the living rooms of our of these musicians and yeah. onto the stage. Yeah. You know, we play professionally, you know, in a lot of kind of very institutional settings. At the same time, we have a creative life outside of orchestras and outside uh -huh. of, you know, and that kind of creative um uh, bubble is something mm -hmm. that we wanted to create a platform for. So we've done that with 45th Pro over the years. 
um, I've just become the executive director for the past year. So this will be my second year in that capacity. But I also I know it's an interim. Is that really true? It's not true. Uh, I didn't think so. <laughs> I've never I've never uh, the word interim doesn't seem to fit you. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I I help organize the group. But, you know, it should mm -hmm. be said we uh, we are musician managed. We have a musician yeah. uh, majority on the board and it's really a collective. It's an exercise mm -hmm. in um, experiment in, in social kind of um, Darwinism. Well, <laughs> you know, I didn't mean at, that. at one time, at one I point, our ideas I, are going to make the transition to land. I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we, we uh, can we collectively create art in a particular, in a different way? Uh -huh. That's the question. Uh -huh. So we're having fun with that. Uh -huh. And so um, w w w now we had Sarah in here from Third Angle. They're mm -hmm. still going. And yeah. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Because we don't want any of these organizations to go away. No. Um, so uh, people know you from Third Angle. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference? Well, I think Third Angle's focus has always been really on contemporary music and music of our time yeah. and working with contemporary and, and exploring new ideas and new presentational formats. And, uh, you know, it's really about what's next, what's uh -huh. happening next. Yeah. Fourth of Parallel is, uh, has a broader, I'd say, mission than that. Uh -huh. We perform... Um, stylistically, everything from Baroque music to folk music, and everything, and to contemporary music, and yeah. everything in between. Yeah, I mean, your your the first concert of the season in October is Leonard Bernstein. Right. Yeah. Right. Which and many would consider to be contemporary music. Not anymore. Not even. Well, yeah. And they've been then they've been dead for forty years. Well, I used to get into these big <laughs> fights with my mom about Bartok. Really? Yeah, and she would say, "Bartok, I can't stand that contemporary music." I was like, "Come on, it's hundred <laughs> years old. Give me a break." So yeah, our 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 um, uh, musical uh, the style of music that we explore is much much broader, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, our agenda is 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 more about um, breadth and diversity in styles, mm -hmm. and also um, and we're we're also experimental and try to push the boundaries in terms of connecting built environment to the style of the music that we're playing and all that kind of stuff too. So we. Uh, yeah, we combine elements of a museum and a gallery. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, how, how do you? What's the process of of, of 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 picking what you're going to do? Well, I mean, as an organization, yeah, it's that's a good I mean, one because we don't have an artistic director. Yeah, I noticed that. Right, I, I'm definitely not in that role with Forty Fifth Parallel. Uh -huh. It's clearly not the case. And nor sh do I want it to be. No one wants it to be that. Be um, each of the groups decides what they want to do. Uh -huh. uh, and they decide their programming. Where things get interesting is when we mix and match. Mm -hmm. We have a concert we call Primordial Swamp. <laughs> where we're, going, we're working out pieces that we want to play. And we get together in a committee meeting and work it out what we want to play. Um, it gets even more interesting with the chamber orchestra because we play without conductor. Yeah. Well, how do you know what to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, we're professional orchestra musicians, and I say this with all due respect. Um, we we don't look up much anyway. <laughs> you know, I think people. I don't know if people know that. <laughs> you may have just revealed the deep dark secret of classical music. Well, look, I, obviously we do look up, but you know, the thing is that <laughs> is that. In orchestras, there is such 
tra tradition and so much process that is ingrained in us and in our training that much of it is is just we, 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 we go along with these processes and we don't even know it most of the time. I mean, mm -hmm. as a violinist, I, I know I'm supposed to follow the concert master and I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be with my stand partner. Mm -hmm. And then I, from when I need to, because I know when the music requires me to, I need to check in with the conductor here and there. What do you check in for? Uh, well, there are known interpretive moments in famous pieces uh -huh. where the conductor may play straight through with the tempo or he might take some time. Really? Or she might take some time. Wow. And, I, I, you know, we're just kind of aware. We all collectively know the pieces, the standard repertoire well enough so that we know when, when we need to check in with the conductor and when we can kind of really make our focus uh -huh. more um, local, uh -huh. localized within the section. You are revealing secrets here. <laughs> Nobody knows that except except people in, who play in, in 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 symphony orchestras. Well, I and you know what? <laughs> Next time he, these people go to, to to see the Oregon Symphony, they're going to watch you. Right. Well, watches it. He, who's he looking at? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's too bad. <laughs> no, I, oh, I don't think so. I think it's, it makes it even more interesting. Well, I, I you know it's it's been an interesting process. We did um, with Forty Fifth Parallel um, this past spring. We did a performance of uh, Le Bourgeois Gentilhomme by Richard Strauss. That's uh -huh. thirty six players without Jeez. conductor. Wow! So that you know, and we we want that. We want to learn how to do that. We uh -huh. want to get better at it. Uh -huh. The concert was really really amazing. Um, the the result was really really eye opening, um, ear opening. Uh -huh. And the process we had to go through was was designating leaders uh -huh. within the sections, uh -huh. you know, so that rehearsals were, were done efficiently. Well, um, that, that, that's, that's that, I mean, I, I can understand perf in performance, but mm -hmm. in rehearsals, yeah, there's nobody to tell you, hey, you're fucking up, right? <laughs> well, I, that that hap that <laughs> I know that happens, and we're still working through that too because there's a lot of deference that uh -huh. happens. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and it isn't just the fucking up. It's it's like you're too loud. Oh yeah, you know because there's a thing yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. in rock music too, and I know it's an right. orchestra. Balance is an issue, yeah, and yeah. what my brother calls degrees disease. Yeah, yeah. You know where I turn my amp up a little bit, and then he right. turns his amp up, and pretty soon it's a mess. Pretty soon you're up to eleven. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it it comes from a basis of trust. Obviously, we have to be able to communicate with each other. Just. You know, an orchestra is just a larger version of a chamber ensemble. Uh -huh. And if we, we start from that kind of understanding that, that we're all there to really create the best final product, um, then we can work out balance issues. And everybody has been really, really cool about that. We, but we also designate leaders. There are two producers in each chamber uh, concert, and that will be a um, concertmaster and then somebody else like the wind section or perhaps the percussion section. Uh -huh. And they're the final word. Ah. So if there's a dispute, they're the arbitrators. Okay. Well, um, do they disagree? Well, then they work at the thumb <laughs> wrestle. I don't know. <laughs> Cast lots. <laughs> Shoot dice. This is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's been really it's been a lot of fun working that out, and uh -huh. and that's just within the performance and the production of the performance itself. But you know, it also extends to you know conversations about what we play, what the programming uh -huh. will be. Yeah. So um, yeah, it goes. It's it. You know, playing an orchestra is um, an awesome job. It's it's a great life, um, uh, and there's so much of it after this many years in the orchestra that I, I, I assume and and just haven't really paid much attention to in terms of 
cues on where to play and how yeah. to play yeah. and all that. But, uh, you know, we have to operate mi- um, simultaneously on a micro and a macro level. And that's yeah. that's just how uh, that's how we roll. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, 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 you do have a bunch, of whole, a, lot, a lot of the people that uh, playing in, in in this in this uh, group that were mm-hmm. w- were with you in in uh, yeah. uh, noticed uh, Hamilton Heifetz and Chaffetz. Mm-hmm. How's he how's he pronounce his name? Chaffetz. Chaffetz. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, Hamilton played with us um, yeah. for the Blind Planet uh, concert in uh-huh. um, Astoria. Mm-hmm. By the way, shout out to. The uh, Liberty Theater in Astoria. They just got uh-huh. um, their their uh, funding from the state legislature, and they're going to do a big renovation of that theater, which is a phenomenal space. Nice. It's just beautiful theater, nice. and Astoria has a wonderful history of uh-huh. really kind of cutting edge performances. We did Wozzeck by Berg there a few years ago, which wow. was like wild. Huh. And uh, they're a very progressive community, and um, they call it Portland West because all the bands are living <laughs> out there. <laughs> but um, anyway. And the, and the old church is one of your homes. Yeah, yeah, which mm-hmm. is a great space. It's another great organization. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's amazing space. I I've, I had I had uh, what's your name, Amy? Mm. Is that her name? What from the old church? Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, I forget. Damn it, um, it doesn't matter. I can't. Well, I can't remember anybody's name. I so can't either. Uh, what's your name? God, jeez, <laughs> Howlin' Wolf. <laughs> well, my wife calls me Butthead. You can call me, but it's in my I, wedding I'll ring. I call you Beavis. <laughs> well, that's where it started. Like of course. Six years. <laughs> really? I, did you watch Beavis and Butthead when you were young? Sure. Did you? Yeah. Which one did you identify with? When I was with? young. When I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you were young. <laughs> which one? Which one did you identify with? Uh, I don't know. Who was the taller one with like the really? They both had really high hair, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. That bouffant hairstyles. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The 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 darker haired one. I see. I think he was the sharper of the two. <laughs> Wasn't he? That's only a matter of degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's in my wedding ring, as I said. So it's it's really uh, yes, it is. It says butthead. It sure does. Wow. Yes, it's a constant. Well, that reminder. set the tone, didn't it? Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, the the idea of uh, the space where you, where you have these the, the, the yes. performances that's real that's real important yes you know I mean yes, and, indeed and, and yeah you you go in the old church this mm-hmm. is a wonderful beautiful right. space and they've done so so much with the audio in yeah. there and, wonderful and it's, a great it's job. just wonderful but on the other hand uh, you have you make you make up spaces you invent spaces don't you yeah in this case you know with third angle um, we liked. I mean, well, just personally, I'm I'm always interested in conversations about music and how we hear music and the psychology of listening to music, um, particularly how um, we receive music differently mm-hmm. in different places. Yeah, I remember clearly um, very well um, programming contemporary music of Chinese composers. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to hear that at Reed and Call mm-hmm. Auditorium. It's another yeah. thing to hear it in the Chinese Garden. And it would be a very abstract piece of music, but completely different audience reactions to the same piece ah. in two different places. Uh-huh. And you know, this is something that's obvious to anybody who is a fan of live music in any style. You know, I was in New Orleans recently. I want to uh-huh. hear Zydeco in New Orleans. Yeah. You know, that that context makes that Absolutely. Music, right. meaningful in a different way. Yeah. And so we're thinking about it for this next year. How do we kind of dilate people's ears 
for music. And two things, um, I came across two things. One was a book by Professor Elizabeth Margulis, who's at Princeton, um, who is an expert on the cognitive science of hearing music. Wow. And how the brain works when we hear music. Yeah, yeah. The psychology of listening to music. And I started a conversation with her um, about her research on the subject. It got me thinking about this conversation about context, visual context. Yeah. And how we could have some fun with it. And so three of our concerts this next year with 45th Parallel will be in three distinctly different um, visual environments. The mm -hmm. first will be the Bernstein concert at the Oregon Jewish Museum, um, part of the Bernstein exhibit. Uh, and then the next will be in, in what we call a virtual venue. We're, we're <laughs> working with a local virtual reality company to create these projected images where basically we can create whatever visual environment we want. We could, it's a French concert, so we're talking about maybe the interior of Notre Dame, for example. Wow. Where we could transport the audience. You know, do they have to wear goggles? Yes. They do? N no. But oh. berets. We'll hand out berets. At the no, I mean, it's, 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 it's oh, so I see what you're saying. For, for virtual reality. I don't think they call them goggles, Tom. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? I don't know. Headsets? It's not a headset. A headset is... is, is Cans is, is well, they but there are earphones and on a typical virtual. I, I don't know, man. No, I'm I mean, really, my ass on this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I well, really don't understand about, the technology. Well, I'm talking about the visual part, do you right? Have, do you have to you have to wear something to see the okay. visual, the, the virtual reality? As I understand it, yeah. and, and it's really treacherous for me to try to explain this okay. crap because <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm just a violinist. <laughs> um, the images will be projected on a screen, yeah. and we're working through, do we have a scrim where the audience can, s I think this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, the scrim is between the audience and the performers, and the images can be projected on this quasi-translucent scrim, yeah. Yeah. and so that there is a three-dimensional kind of look to it that way. Um, the performances will be documented in a virtual reality recording, uh -huh. Available for the. That's what you need the goggles for. Okay, um, but it will be conceived in virtual reality and then applied in the production in the performance itself. Not oh. in virtual reality. You won't have to wear goggles at the show, huh. but you'll get the three dimensional effect at the show through these huh? theatrical devices. Um, and actually, I mean, it's in the air. It's in the. It's happening. There was an article in the New York Times about a new um, chamber opera by uh, Dutch composer Michael van der Rohe, mm -hmm. uh, conceived in virtual reality. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting way for us to provide context to the music. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that program will be Baroque music of Rameau. Uh -huh. It will be Debussy and Ravel and then finish up with Boulez. So it gives us an opportunity to work with three Oregon-based virtual reality artists. Wow. To, so this is an all-Oregon project. Uh-huh. And it also addresses the need that we see uh, for a medium-sized venue of about 400, mm -hmm. um, which we frankly have a dearth of options mm -hmm. for such a, a place. So it addresses a need. It gives us an opportunity to be so really cutting-edge creative. So yeah. are you going to create this space? Well, it's going to be in, a, in a, a pretty blank canvas. It's going to be yeah. at Pika in, uh -huh. in northeast Portland. Uh -huh. It's, the, it's uh -huh. a big warehouse. It's actually a project I did years ago, Third Angle. It, it, it harkens back to that with a company called Second Story Interactive, yeah. where we created a virtual. We created a virtual ensemble actually with uh -huh. screens that projected the yeah. audience. Yeah. And had well, you know, it, yeah. that that kind of stuff goes way back. Yeah. Because I can't. God, I'm sitting here trying to remember his name, and I 
Stan Vanderbeek mm. mm-hmm. was an early uh, what they what they used to call an experimental filmmakers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But one of the things he did was to project onto steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Project images onto steam. Sure. Uh, uh, well, Rose Bond is a brilliant um, artist in, in town, and she's been doing projects all over the world. Yeah. The Oregon Symphony has been in this space as well. They commissioned a Rose mm-hmm. a few years ago, to, a couple years ago, to do a piece with the Tarangalila Symphony by Messian, mm-hmm. where reimagined the, sh- the Arlen Schnitzer stage. Well, Messian, that would, that would be yeah. <laughs> right up his alley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it was spectacular. Yeah. I mean, it was just, sure. it was a brilliant, brilliant thing. Right. Um, and I think we're doing another piece by uh, a piece with uh, music of Berio and another mm-hmm. oh. uh, reimagination of visual context with Rose in that case. Um, so, I mean, we're really interested in how the Oregon kind of creative culture and the future of creative graphics and all that and how we can make it a really compelling experience. I'm also interested, this is the idea that I have. I don't know what you think of this. You can tell me if it sucks. <laughs> I know you will. How would I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea of having two performances in the same night, but two different visual environments. Oh. Artist, one With the same piece? Same music. Ah. <laughs> and give the audience an opportunity. Well, how did I hear the music differently yeah, with two yeah. different... Yeah, interesting. You know, yeah, that's so. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we have that's possible for us when yeah. we have this kind of yeah, control. Yeah. The interesting thing I've, I I found is is a lot of um, a lot of the music that's associated with that kind of uh, environment tends to be spacey. <laughs> right. Is that am I wrong? No, no. Well, uh, right. Um, this is the challenge with traditional music. Yeah. Always, this this is the challenge. But that, that music is now is, is now traditional. I mean, well, it's being conceived with the visuals in mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Mean, you know, we're talking about if you're talking about Cage or uh-huh. something like that. I mean, right. we're talking about uh, sixty years ago. Right. You know, and and it, it, it hasn't that stuff been institutionalized yet, or maybe not. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know the answer. Well, to that you know, I mean, classical music is like the Catholic Church. You know, we we change very <laughs> very slowly. We don't let go of our conventions. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm mindful of a concert we did uh, a few years ago. It was music of, uh, it was a Philip Glass string quartet. Uh-huh. And I had this great idea because it was it was music from a film that he did, uh, Mishima. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I love right. that. I love great. That. Yeah. Oh it, very oh, interesting yeah. art film. Oh, yeah. uh, and I had this great yeah. idea. Paul to Schrader. Put yeah, exactly. The guy who did Taxi Driver. Exactly. Did Mishima. Right. Imagine that. <laughs> I can actually. Yeah, of course, it was right. Great. It, was tre- right. it was tremendous. It's a really interesting life story of yeah, the yeah. main character. Yeah. Anyway, I, I decided to put up images on a screen to accompany, you know, because it was yeah. film and all this. Well, I'm not a visual artist, so the visuals kind of sucked. And I, I got some feedback from some friends, really close friends, that that really hated it and couldn't stand how I treated it and yeah. how the visuals distracted from the music and <laughs> and you know it's 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 a real challenge you know that's why Tarangalila was the perfect choice yeah, for the yeah. Oregon Symphony because it's yeah. unfamiliar and people don't wouldn't come to it and say gosh you know I've always loved this piece and you ruined it for me oh. it's like no it was all it was an unfamiliar piece yeah yeah um and so it you know with music of Debussy Rameau and Boulez will be the one where, where it, it's mm-hmm. it, that will be unfamiliar and probably but you know, this is an experiment, and 
uh, we're mindful of the challenge of making sure that that it is complementary yeah. and not distracting. I understand. Uh, um, in, in in my career in television, mm-hmm. uh, and when there was the ability to put pieces of music to 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 visuals in my mm-hmm. stories that I did over over a long long period of time, uh, apparently it's not. Not as easy as you can't have it. There's no blanket coverage. It just be, you know, right. for, for a price anymore. Uh, but um, uh, that opening of Mishima, mm-hmm. that where the, it, it builds and builds, and there's this enormous orgasm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I've never. I mean, it's it it, it works perfectly in the movie, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I can't. It's hard, hard, hard to ima- hard to imagine generating visuals to that. Right. Well, <clears throat> the idea of visuals informing the experience of hearing music is nothing new, even in classical music. I mean, right. opera, for crying out loud. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it's just that in classical performance, instrumental music, mm-hmm. it's really about a venue. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. the venue is everything. That's why we're calling this project uh, in January a virtual venue. Yeah. We want to really kind of examine the question of venue mm-hmm. and have some fun with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an, in- an interesting subject, the idea of, of how our brains work. You know, and <coughs> honestly, it I'm, I'm mindful of a p- performance we gave my quartet a few weeks ago of uh-huh. um, uh, brings to mind um, the Georg Friedrich Haas Third String Quartet, which is performing total darkness. <laughs> I mean, it has the room has to be 100% dark. <laughs> and you talk about visual context. Yeah. it's That's another thing when it's completely taken away. Wow. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. the film is it's in your head. It's in your head, yeah. and the soundtrack's out there. Right. And you know, so that's that's a really interesting examination of how of synesthesia, one sense, or in that case, the deprivation of one sense affecting what's another. the word? Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Don't ask me to spell it, man. Okay. No way. And th- and that is what? Well, that's like if I hear Mozart's music, do I see the color blue? Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Or uh, there's a really interesting example. There's a famous restaurant in England. I think it's called the Fat Duck, I uh-huh. think. Uh-huh. I could be wrong about that. But uh, an experimental chef had a seafood dish where he'd hand out headphones and it would be ocean sounds. <laughs> and so does the sound of the ocean affect your yeah, uh, food yeah, tastes? Yeah. I wonder if when they're listening to the music in the dark, if they close their eyes. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> but we had one snorer. <laughs> And it was awesome because there's the nature of the piece where, where we have control. It's it's quasi improvisatory. Yeah, it's yeah. It, the piece is just brilliant this way. So we it's as close as we come to being jazz musicians, which is, <laughs> you know, kind of a dangerous subject. But anyway, <laughs> and the guy is snoring, and we know that we have control over what happens next in the music. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Which means. If someone's snoring, we can go for a really loud, abrasive, like attacking <laughs> thing that'll just wake them up. And we always know it's going to be like, you know, something like that. And then the rest of the audience is going to laugh. That's funny. So, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, that, um, that's the kind of stuff our quartet focuses on. like a on. cartoon. Yes. It is. <laughs> I love cartoons, man. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if people close their eyes. I mean, that's... Yeah, I... Thing I've, it's I, already dark. It's a good question. And then if you close your eyes, is it darker? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you, I do you, when you close your eyes, do you see those, that weird, those weird floaty things kind of floating around in your eyelids? Yes. You do? You do. Right. Well, then keep them open. <laughs> I know, but I see them, I, I see them when they're open, too. 
That's interesting. I mean, I I don't I wonder I I wonder what I, I would probably try to I would try I I would probably try it both ways. Right. Well, well what does it sound like when I've got my eyes open? What does it sound like when I have my? I, have I tell my you, you know, it's it's not easy playing your instrument in pitch dark. You know, I bet it's like I mean we uh, over this many years we have muscle memory about where the strings are. Yeah, but yeah. it's you know the, several times in, in the performances of that piece where I'm like I think I'm on one string and I'm not. Wow, <laughs> um, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Seriously, Ray Charles. Right. Okay. Blind musicians. Right. No, yeah. it's a good. Uh, no, it's yeah. fair, fair point. Yeah. yeah. No, I. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it. Well, it's it's a great experience for everybody, musicians included. It's, it's yeah. always a transformative experience playing that music, and that's a piece to yeah. your earlier point that is conceived for pitch darkness. Uh -huh. Yeah, you know, yeah. it has to be for that. Yeah, uh, tough to do that in the United States with exit signs and right, right, right fire right. laws yeah. and all yeah. that. But we work around it. Okay, you got a show coming up in May. Yes, called the Carrot Revolution, and you have yes. a quote here from yes mr Cezanne, which says the day will, will come when a freshly observed carrot will start a revolution <laughs> what the fuck is that i don't know what the hell that means tom i don't know it's just like you know when i was at third angle i i was always asked what that <laughs> meant and i couldn't explain what that meant either i <laughs> i i i don't know i'm i'm I, that's uh, that's out of my pay grade there to to explain that quote but the piece itself, um, the composer is a young um, uh, woman um, from, I think, the, uh, from California, if I'm not mistaken, Gabrielle mm -hmm. Smith, mm -hmm. wonderful composer. It was a piece that was actually premiered, I think, at Chamber Music Northwest a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just a fantastic piece, um, energetic and rhythmic and, and just cool. Um, and the other piece on that concert is by Andy Akiho, who's a phenomenal young composer. He's moved to Portland splits his time between Portland and New York mm -hmm. and we're just so happy to have him around um, and that's another energetic and cool and hard as hell piece but you know, that's the kind of crap that we like to take on. What does a carrot have to do with it? With, with, with the carrot <laughs> revolution? Yeah. I don't know. I like carrots. <laughs> Who doesn't like them? I feed them to my dogs. <laughs> So you're saying carrots the carrots are, are It's a crappy are, answer. I, I I'm not going to defend the answer. It's a form of dog food. Well, yeah, that's what the vet says. I, I feed my dogs too much food anyway. They're oh, getting fat. So no. they say, feed them carrots. Feed them carrots. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm... But I, you're playing in this I one. need to research the quote better. You're playing in this one. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a, that's it's our a, Pixis Quartet Pixis. concert. Yeah, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll be doing other stuff, too. We're, so when when yeah. do you start preparing for that? You know, we got the music now. Is that right? Yeah, we already ordered it, and we're we're on it. Uh -huh. we're, we're, it's, it's that kind of... Those are the kind of pieces that they need a long gestation period really yeah we got we got to put those in the oven uh, slow cooking for a long time uh, and so how do you do that do you, you do that by yourself first yeah sure yeah yeah i mean I'll, I'll get the score these days i get all the music on the ipad and um study the score and study the recordings of both pieces so uh -huh. i'll spend um all the rest of the summer and just uh, uh, throughout the year um studying the pieces and getting them in my head and We'll all do that, and we'll uh -huh. start scheduling rehearsals early on those those pieces. Um, and all the groups, you know, in 45th Parallel take really, really serious professional approach to everything we do. So uh -huh. everybody's already on learning, you know, researching, studying all the pieces on the entire season. Uh -huh. I'm just grateful our concert's in May. <laughs> 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 We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, um, make it rain, huh? Yeah. Make it rain. Those guys are awesome. That's the the Gemini Project is what? Uh, That's also in May. Yeah. Well, the same okay. day. Same night. The same night. Well, we have this experimental wow. concert format. We have it's called C squared. Two concerts, one night. Uh huh. And we give the audience um, a bit of uh, ver- uh, versatility. We give them choices. Mm-hmm. They're one hour concerts, mm-hmm. seven o'clock and eight thirty, and a half hour in between. We call it a happy half hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's a nice bar yeah. at the old church. So grab a drink. It is. And you can buy tickets for both at a discount. And it's a two and a half hour evening, which is you know long for a classical concert, but it's not you know not horrible. Or you can come to either concert. You can come to either concert or both. So we it's, we've split a full concert into two parts, and that's that's our way of actually having more variety on throughout the course of the season. And in that concert, Gemini, that's my friends in the orchestra, John Greeny and Sergio uh, Carreno, and they'll be joined by Michael Roberts, another symphony. Um, percussionist doing some really incredible contemporary um, percussion stuff I posted the recordings from last year on our website and they're just they're just awesome they're Metallica fans so they uh, <laughs> but that shouldn't you know put people off uh, no it probably would be probably would do the opposite right well good because I'm a Metallica fan too I, I, I mean not peop- put people off because it's Metallica but just it's not gonna be loud well, it can't be. It can be. Why? Well, yeah. No, it can't be. Right. Because of, the, because of the old church. Right. You can't be loud in the old church. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why there's no loud stuff at the old church. <laughs> it, no, it's a, it's a city ordinance. Really? Yeah. What's the loud, what's the, the, I don't the know. limit? I don't, I don't know. I mean, we got pretty loud there last year. Okay. Yeah. We did a concert with uh, Michael Fletcher and the, uh-huh. the uh, Max Train Attack Survivor. Uh-huh. It was... Uh, uh-huh. It got loud at times. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, loudness, nothing wrong with loudness. But I actually did a concert years ago with a bagpipe player, and that was the loudest freaking thing ever. You know. That's, that's, that should be outlawed, that instrument. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be <laughs> insensitive. Yes, you do. But bagpipes make me crazy, and not in a good way. Right. That's the only <laughs> concert where I we handed out um, earplugs. That <laughs> <laughs> was like I was the responsible thing is to get people yeah, earplugs. Really? That was the loudest friggin' thing. I can't. Oh, I geez. just can't. I can't. Well, yeah. I mean, it well, puts you in the mood for war. I get. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, if you want to get very get, very the, get your dander up for war, yeah, you're not you're not going to listen to pan flute. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's bagpipes, baby. <laughs> you want a murderous rage time. You need, you need the right. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, because that's the reaction that I have. I want to kill everybody. Exactly. Yes. Well, then I know. <laughs> if I'm, for your next mission, Tom, <laughs> I, I'll send you your soundtrack. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Should you choose to accept this mission. <laughs> oh, man. Well, how's the, how's the symphony season been? Oh, uh, fantastic! You know we're we're expanding, um, adding weeks to the season. Uh, really? Yeah, we're going to be playing now concerts through all of June. It's become a, a ten month season. Um, wow! <coughs> excuse me. The um, isn't that unusual? Yeah. I mean, aren't, aren't symphony orchestras shrinking? Uh, kind of like newspapers. S- some are, some aren't. I mean, really, 
I, th I think what has certainly been the case here and in and, and a lot of other orchestras, I mean, you know, the economy is doing well and when the uh -huh. economy does well and people uh, have more money to support um, important institutions like the orchestra and other institutions doing well too. It's really great to see the ballet doing well. My wife is a freelance musician, plays with the ballet orchestra uh -huh. and the opera, of course, is doing well. I mean, it, all the rising tide raises all the boats. Yeah. Um, and I think the economy, the growth in Portland has, has been um, capitalized on well by the, uh, huh. our management. And Scott mm -hmm. Showalter does a tremendous job as our president. Yeah. Um, and the morale in the orchestra is great. <coughs> uh, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're I, I, I think sometimes the meme of struggling orchestra is an excuse Really? For just not, if for yeah. um, the best managed orchestras always tend to do well. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. good management does well in great times and in, in lean times. Uh -huh. uh, we've, we've been through lean times with the Oregon Symphony, but not now. I and mean, we're, we're, wow. we're doing quite well and artistically on a very, very high level. It's a great place to work. Um, it's a very challenging place to work. I've been in the orchestra 30 years and I'm really, you know, being. Did you start when you were five? Uh, five and a half. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, it's it's um, orchestra's doing really well. Doing uh, you know the the stuff we're doing with Rose Bond and the other visual artists. That's that's the kind of experimental stuff we should be doing. Uh -huh. um, and just artistically, we're we're on a very very high level. So it's a real joy to play. Um, uh, great place to work, uh, and it's a great creative community in Portland. You know, whether it's the Symphony or Fourth Fifth Parallel, whatever, where we live in a really great moment for um, musicians and audience all together. Yeah. You got some great gigs. Yeah, you do. No worries, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Totally. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to talk about it. <laughs> let, let, let's talk when the next recession hits. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I, 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 um, no complaints. You should never let professional orchestra players ever complain about, um, about the the the, li uh, the the opportunities we have to to lead musical lives. It's um, creative people always complain. Uh, Always. I'll shut up. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. Even successful people. Yeah. Was, yeah. Well, I mean, look, whatever you do, there's always opportunity to complain, but, you know, yeah. screw it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, Fourth Propel, we're doing, we're doing awesome stuff, great players, and um, um, great audiences. And, and you know, I always used to say with Third Angle, too, you know, we it, there's always – Kind of this. It actually, it's a great book on the San Francisco Tape Music Center in the Bay Area, uh -huh. and about in the '60s, and this really cool experimental culture that was there. Uh -huh. And the point was made in this great book um, by David Bernstein about how the geography of the of San Francisco, the the how it was removed from a lot of the other cultural centers, uh -huh. gave it its opportunity to create its own cultural stew if you will and i think portland has kind of felt that way too at least to me because i mean i've been around long enough to remember the, remember the new music culture and how yeah. much it's involved evolved mm -hmm. and how much it, how active it's gotten in over the last you know 30 years that i've been here to see it uh so um 
I think we have the benefit of not being in, you know, not being LA, not being New York, yeah. not being yeah. those other kind of bigger places with more entrenched uh, institutions. Mm -hmm. So uh, these days, there's a lot of great creativity going on with so many groups, and um, you know, it's it's hard to keep track of all of it. But uh, you know, it's a great now time you're to an be entrenched here. institution. Oh, Jesus. It's true. I'm an insti no. I'm institutional. I should yeah. be institutionalized. It's true though. I'll be there. We'll share a room. <laughs> <laughs> you and I, pal. <laughs> we'll listen to Orioles games and. Oh. oh sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Oops. Oh, oh, oh. oh pain, pain. Well, oh, pain, I'm, pain, I'm a Mariners pain, fan, pain. so I know. You, I know. Yeah, you guys are doing better too, than yeah. Mariners. Oh, yeah. totally suck. <laughs> Bad times. Actually, the Orioles actually went up there and won a couple of games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a painful situation. So what's the, I mean, is it Seattle is the worst situation. of times and and the worst of times. It's the worst of times. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting <laughs> to to uh, uh, feel these things, you know, every night, <laughs> like you know, people hitting you with actually hitting you with a baseball bat. Uh. You know, hey, you know, do you ever hear the? You know where the term Dodgers comes from? Trolley Dodgers. The trolley, exactly. Yeah. I just found I know that my out. baseball history. Well, of course, I shouldn't. <laughs> that's a, that's a dumb question yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. I, and the history of Chavez Ravine and the Dodgers. Oh, oh, God, yeah. I just threw heard those, that. Just threw those people out. Threw them out. <laughs> threw them out. Right. First, he breaks the heart of every every of every baseball fan in Brooklyn. Exactly. And then he, makes, and then he throws people out and of their homes. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe that when uh, I heard that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, along comes Fernando Valenzuela to kind of. Yeah, become the new who ended his career as an Oriole. Did he really? Yes, he did. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people in that during that during <laughs> that era, a lot of people ended their career as Orioles. Well, I mean, I grew up, yeah. you know, as a huge fan of Earl Weaver and Jim Palmer yes. and uh, yes. and all those guys. Palmer is so pissed off. Oh, Palmer yeah. does the color commentary on the on on, oh, on, really? on, on TV for the Orioles, <laughs> and he is so pissed off. It's he's, hilarious. He's had it with him. Great. It's just he just makes oh oh that's fun because he can't you know, he was a perfectionist. Is Showalter still their manager? No, no, no he's no, long gone. No, no, that was a they threw all those people out. Yeah, last year when they lost 115 games. Oh boy. Yeah, and sorry, on, man. I'm, I'm really sorry. They're on yeah. their way again to do it, but that's okay because we got the first draft choice, and we drafted the the, the catcher from Oregon State. Adley oh, he was right. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. my my nephew is a. D1 baseball player will be playing D1 baseball next nice. year in Dallas, nice. and uh, yeah. I've, it's been fun learning about the yeah. whole recruitment and all that. Yeah, yeah. He has a teammate that I think was drafted in the first round. Too. Well, well, the Orioles hired these the people who who built Houston, right? Not the top guy, but the the next two guys, mm. including Good. the guy who 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 built all their all their. Um, um, uh, computer stuff. Mm -hmm. I need to see a baseball game there because that that park. Where in Houston? No, in Baltimore. Oh yeah, you that park yeah. changed the design, of the architecture of baseball yes. parks forever. That was the one. Yeah, I saw yeah. it go up. Man, I I, I can talk yeah. shit about baseball. I can hang with you <laughs> on baseball. I know. My dad was a baseball player. I know. I was a horrible disappointment to him, but I can talk oh, about geez, it. Oh jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, um, uh, yeah, it was. I used to do the Orioles pregame shows. Really? Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was, so I mean, so you got to hang with the guys. Yeah. No kidding. Yes, indeed. Wow. It was a really bad idea. 
Why? Well, because you know, if you get to know them, they're <laughs> they're tarnished. You know, right. Because you get to know who they really are, and a lot of times you don't really want to know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although, but but there were some great guys. Well, know. I was on the way here. I was I was hearing a local sports guy talking about this is a former professional NBA player talking yeah. about how with social media these days there's not the camaraderie there's not the playing poker there's not the right the this right you know it's all everybody's on their yeah. phones before yeah. games and after games yeah. and there's not that although yeah I, I, I watched the all-star I watched the all-star game last night mm-hmm. and they put wireless mics on on some of the players <laughs> and it was fabulous <laughs> it was wonderful because they're so mean to each other you know just uh, they just give each other shit right you know and 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 and, and major i mean they major roasts uh-huh. you know and, uh, of each other at, right. uh, during the game well you know? you know i've always thought that like a guy like draymond green for golden right. state gets a bad rap right right because right. i think i think they're all like i mean yes uh, you know, we should have individual mics on the orchestra players. Exactly. Or <laughs> any, actually, almost any walk of life. Right, right. You know, I was just thinking. God damn it. I, 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 That's I, not a downbeat. I know. I was, I, was, <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking to myself, when I was a news producer, if what, what would have happened if, 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 if people had just had, you know, had wireless mics on in the newsroom? Oh, God. And all the shit that, that went on. Right. Because, you know. I'm uh, sure you've seen. Journalists are dark. <laughs> journalists see horrible shit. So it's like, uh, it's what's the the Ron um, Ron Burgundy? Yes. No, 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 it's not that bad. No, that's, that's <laughs> just those, those are just jokes. But I mean, because you know, they're dealing with crime all the time, and right, and you got to do right deal with it. But it, and then it's just the most horrible. Well, horrible. I mean, Mozart in the Jungle. I mean, I saw a couple episodes of that, yeah. and I was like, eh, it's not, uh, orchestra yeah. life isn't like that. Yeah. We live, we have we're much more utopian. About our, our aspirationally utopian, if that's well, that's because you get to go to that place when you play right. music that nobody else gets to go to, right? And and also we we provide kind of a refuge from, um, we provide a different kind of fellowship that that seeks to um, remove ourselves from politics, right? It's a place where we right. don't we don't check your political affiliations coming in the door, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we music classical musicians tend to have a liberal kind of sheen right. if you will right but you know i mean i w- we want to avoid that in, in, in i i know the organ symphony well i shouldn't speak for them on that because we do take political certain pieces the gabriel kahane piece we did last year was uh-huh. had a very political point of view and and mm-hmm. politics in music has always existed sure. in rock music but also in classical yeah. music i mean beethoven and you know Berlioz and on and on. You know composers who took very very clear stands against the you know monarchies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we don't we don't deny it, but we also kind of you know it, tread per- carefully now. Well, performances <laughs> are a place. They are a place where where we can understand the world through art, but we don't. Um, yeah. We we the, we don't draw lines in in current politics. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be very very careful. <laughs> <laughs> as 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 an institutionalist, yes, yourself. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, I'm from Eastern Oregon. Yeah, and Mr. Watermelon. Well, right. I <laughs> I love watermelons, um, and I, I have family that I love there, and I'm, mm-hmm. I live in the valley. I live in Portland, very liberal place. I've always kind of felt like. You know, my job is or my life as a classical musician is to 
is to acquaint, open people's minds that are traditionalists. Yes. That like the Bach and the Beethoven and right. that get squeamish at the idea of dissonance. Uh, oh, no. Right. Well, I'm like, dissonance, but noise. Listen, What's listen, that noise? Well, listen to, you know, um, <laughs> Gabrielli. Listen to the Renaissance yeah. composer. Right. They love dissonance because right. dissonance is resolved, and that's a great yeah. moment. Um, <laughs> open the minds of people like that and open the minds of actually people who can be kind of, you know, new music uh, um kind of I, I don't want to say just particular new music and don't like the old stuff and i'm like yeah. you know i think there's right. value and that's why 45th parallel is so great yeah these days because i think musical minds can be expanded and shouldn't be segregated by yeah. style so speaking of which what is in the bernstein program oh these are all um with one exception these are all early pieces of bernstein's uh-huh all early from like student days Wow. Um, songs that he he wrote for um, friends with a piano. There's a, a two piano piece. The, um, half the concert are, are pieces from his Harvard days as a student. So mm. really, really early stuff. Um, Finish the concert with uh, five uh, short brass pieces that the brass quintet's going to play, huh. um, and it's all in part of as I mentioned before the Bernstein Bernstein at a hundred. Which has been around for a, a couple of years, so now it's like yeah. you know 101, Bernstein <laughs> 101. But you know, in the context of the exhibit, it's a really great way to really uh -huh. understand a lot of music that was rarely heard of Bernstein's. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it'll be really cool. Awesome. Great, okay. great players. It'll be a great night. Well, listen, thanks for coming in. Hey, man, my pleasure. This is always it's good. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you for a long time. And then we start talking, it's like we. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, these kind of conversations should happen in a bar, in a bar Tom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Thanks to Keith Schreiner and Derek Sims, Jazz Tronica, for our theme music, Ghost Jazz.